Hello, villager. My name is Brewster, and you're listening to Brewster's Roost, an Animal Crossing podcast. It's time to sit down, kick back, relax, grab your favorite blend of coffee, and enjoy the show. Hello, villager. Thanks for listening to Brewster's Roost, an Animal Crossing podcast. Well, we are post-Nintendo Direct on Animal Crossing New Horizon. Still pre-release, so this short episode is just going to be about the Nintendo Direct. I'm sure, like me, you guys have watched the Direct quite a few times already, so you're forming your own opinions on it and picking up a few of the key items that you've seen, but I'm only going to cover a few of the things that I noticed and a few things that I still have questions about. I guess the first thing I want to talk about a little bit is some of the things that got me pretty excited. So we did get to pick up the names of the two dodo birds that work there. They are named Orville and Wilbur. And to be quite honest with you, I don't think I would have picked those names out, but they are perfect names for those two birds. One of the other things that they showed off in the direct that they didn't show before, you did see characters jumping over the river with a pole vault, but this time we saw a character jump over the river without anything. He was being chased by a bug and just jumped over it. So as soon as I saw that, I I was holding a pencil because I was like taking some notes and actually threw my pencil across the room. I, I was extremely excited about that. I know, I know it's something very little, but just the thought of being able to run and just jump over something really got me excited. And then there was another cool thing that I knew of before because I know that they mentioned it, but the ability to pick the hemisphere that you're going to live in. So meaning like people in Australia, if they were to pick that area that they live when it's winter, technically like their game's going to be summer. It's, it, it just goes along with the hemisphere that you live in. No other Animal Crossing game did that before. So I really thought that was a cool option. Then some of the buildings were confirmed. And I have to say out of the ones that they showed very quickly, the museum was unbelievable. I just, the way that looked in there was amazing. Another really cool feature that they showed off was just the tool options so it seems that that the tools are separate from your inventory it's kind of like a like a tool wheel or some some of the other games that i play it just brings up separate wheels that you could do things in and they did do that with the tools and i just thought that was really cool because i always hated having to like jam pack your inventory in your pockets with the tools i just thought it would always be something cool where if you could have like a tool bag and they would all be in there but using a wheel like this is definitely the way to go Then I say one of the biggest surprises that they showed off was terraforming. And if you don't know what that means, they showed the character taking a shovel and actually removing parts of the dirt, removing parts of the land, expanding the water, being able to actually just build up the land. It definitely has that Minecraft type of a feel if you play Minecraft, but just the ability to be able to customize the island exactly the way you want. Like we always knew that you're able to customize it by putting your tents there, you know, where they where you want to put them, putting your buildings where they want to, but they never even gave you the inkling that they would let you terraform in the game. So I just thought that, that that's just something that's going to blow this game out of the water. And then one other thing that wasn't talked about in the direct, but it was brought up on a, the Japanese Animal Crossing Twitter account, that there will be 383 villagers available at the game launch. And just to put that in perspective, the GameCube game had 236 villagers, Wild World had 150, City Folk had 210, New Leaf had 399, Happy Home had 339, and Pocket Camp has 183 villagers. I'm sure you're going to be able to find that perfect type of villager out of 383 of them. Now a few of the things that they did talk about, 
I wasn't too fond of, which the whole cloud save debacle. I knew about this, but it just says that cloud save data is not supported at the game launch. So that just means that later this year, they're supposedly going to be working on a way to recover your island if something happens to your Nintendo Switch. But like I said, we knew about that, but just just the way that it's brought up, it just doesn't it just doesn't sit right with me. I really wish that they would have that cloud save option. So even people that have multiple Switch consoles, I know that there's people out there that have a regular Nintendo Switch and also picked up a Nintendo Switch Lite. And it would just be great to be able to keep your regular Switch console at home. And then if you're ready to go somewhere or whatever, you could just pick up the Lite download your save data and then you have the same village on your switch light so one of the other things that they covered on the direct which i'm glad that they covered it but the way that they worded it and some of the things that they talked about kind of has me a little nervous so this is one other thing that i i didn't think i was nervous about before but after seeing what they did on the direct it has me scratching my head a little bit so what i'm talking about is the seasonal content slash events they were calling them downloadable updates so do you think that they're doing it that way to prevent time travel so basically what i'm saying is like at launch when the game comes out it's not going to be the full game you're going to have to update and do separate content to download so if you wanted to time travel are those events they're they're just not going on like the way that they're doing it this time it just kind of gives me that feeling like you're getting a game cartridge that's not the full game like it's just not complete and you know they had the extra time to work on the game so just to get that feeling where it's not a complete game at launch just I don't know something doesn't sit right with me with that but if it's to prevent time travel I could understand they kind of want people to at least for the first year all get to experience this game all around the same time and not have people ruin it and do you know things that they don't want them doing at right at right at launch but the only other thing that has me worried about that is like it's not an issue for me but if these events are not on the cartridge and you don't have internet at home are you not able to download these events when when they come around one of the pluses to that though if they really wanted to keep continuing support of the game since you're downloading these events is that something though that you think every year the event could be a different event and i don't mean like you know christmas or toy day one year is not toy day next year but just the way they handle it and from year to year it could be different if you're actually downloading that event each time it happens maybe they could do something different and special with it but then you also run into the issue that the problem could be if the events are server based years from now servers eventually get shut down so if you don't have access to them is that stuff not even playable in the future like right now if i wanted to turn on my gamecube i could play anything on animal crossing on there same thing with the uh, with wild world New Leaf, all of those. I can play anything and time travel and do all the events. If these are server-based events where you have to download them, you know, 10 years from now, 6 years from now, 7 years from now, if they stop supporting them or if that's all server-based and you lose access to them, you're not experiencing the full game. So that's the only thing that, you know, bums me out about it. It just seems like the full game is not done and the base game at launch is going to update later, but I'm just kind of feeling a little ripped off that not everything's done you know, for when the game launches. So this Nintendo Direct definitely had a lot of information and a lot of good things about it, but it also left me scratching my head more than I thought I would after getting a Direct solely based on Animal Crossing. So the question I want to ask you is, after you saw the Direct, did you decide maybe the game's not for you and did you go ahead and cancel your pre-order? 
Or if you were up in the air on getting the game and you saw this direct, did it make you want to buy the game? So go ahead and send in your answers to that question, Roost at gmail.com. So one other thing I want to talk about before I go is there is an official guidebook releasing for this game. So that was another bit, bit of good news that I got the other day. I saw that there was an official guidebook went up for pre-order on Amazon, and the guidebook is from the Future Press Company. It's a paperback book. It retails on Amazon for $29.99. It comes with special bonuses, so it says in the description that fans will be delighted with the high-quality bookmarks included. One side has character artwork, and the other side is filled with useful information. And it also includes an online calendar for keeping track of events on the island and for making sure that you never miss a birthday. It's 432 pages, and it doesn't say this on the Amazon listing, but I went to Future Press's website to get the dimensions because I wanted to see if it was a full-size guide or one of those pocket-size guides like that came out with New Leaf. And I am extremely happy to say that this is a full-size guide. It measures 8.5 inches by 10 and 7 8 inches. So I'm just going to read a little bit of the information off of the guidebook from Future Press's actual website. It says it's the official companion guide for Animal Crossing New Horizons. They say, we are truly excited to announce this book, as it's not only about the most charming game series in history, but it's also our very first officially licensed by Nintendo book. It's released early April, and it will be a super premium softcover with a beautiful dust jacket, perfect for reference and filled to bursting with invaluable island building information. Something about that sentence just sounds weird. The guide will be published in English, French, German, Spanish, and Italian languages, and available for pre-order at all major retailers. I pre-ordered mine off of Amazon, so I'm definitely excited to get that. And the guidebook question I had for you, which you could also send to Roost at gmail.com, is are you a guidebook user or do you prefer to play the game guidebookless? I like the guidebook myself because I like to see if there's something I'm missing out on, but I know a lot of people don't like to play with the guidebook. They like to see what they could do first and then maybe after a year into the game, go ahead and crack into it so they can get all those little goodies that they might have missed. I'm kind of excited about the bookmarks that it mentions on the description. I don't know, you know, if they're going to be anything that I would use, but I just think it would be kind of cool to see a little kind of like reference cards. So I guess one last thing I want to mention before I go is there were two characters that they showed, which I'm glad that they showed them, but it just kind of kind of has me upset. Joan, baby, where are you? I saw that they had a character that we, we were all calling like little baby Joan, but her name is Daisy May. It basically just looks like a little kid version of Joan, except this one's got snots dripping out of its nose. And I just want to know what happened with Joan. I, You know, as much as like I enjoyed playing the stock market, I kind of liked watching her walk around on Sundays. And now to see that she might not even be in the game, you know, there, there's a couple villagers or a couple of non-playable characters that they did not show that has me a little nervous. And I think you might know one that I'm kind of curious about. Good old Brewster. Where are you hiding, buddy? I wish I could see you. But then the other one they showed was CJ. So it's basically Chip Jr. Is that, um, you know, where, where's Chip? I want to know. Like, did these guys retire? Is Tortimer dead? They didn't show them. I'm curious. I'm going to be missing those guys if they're not in the game. So that's about going to do it for this episode of Brewster's Roost. I don't want to bore you guys too much. I'm sure you guys have watched the Nintendo Direct multiple times as I have. And, um, you know, there's a lot of information out there. Go ahead and answer those Pete Mailbag questions that I sent out during the show here. You could reply to me, Roost at gmail.com, or you can make sure you're following me on my social media, all at Brewster's Roost. I don't think they're going to have too much more information about the game before it comes out, since we're only about a month away. 
So if I do put out another episode, it's just going to be another short, short one just to keep you guys up to date on what I'm doing. But I hope you guys are getting excited. It's coming close. I could, I, I could almost touch it. The game's almost here. I'm pretty excited. Let me also know what you ended up picking up for the game. Did you get the guidebook? Are you planning on getting the guidebook? Let me know. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to Brewster's Roost, an Animal Crossing podcast. Please make sure that you are subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. While you're there, make sure that you rate and review the show. You can follow the show notes and see anything that I talked about on this episode over at brewstersroost.blogspot.com. Follow me on my Instagram and Twitter, both at Brewster's Roost. And you can also email me with any comments, questions, or suggestions at brewstersroost at gmail.com. And finally, if you want to turn the tables and buy me a cup of coffee, you can do so over at ko-fi.com slash Brewster, where you can make a small $3 donation that will help fund the show. Again, thanks for listening. Now don't let that cup of coffee cool too much 